listening to Over the Oxo podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I want to talk today a little bit about releasing the pressure that we put onto ourselves as riders. The pressure to do well, the pressure to succeed, the pressure to be in the ribbons, the pressure to be hacking a certain distance, the pressure to be jumping a certain height. And I'm going to start off as a bit of a tangent because I'm going to talk about Ikea. So just bear with me because I think the Ikea effect is how we build pressure a lot of the time. So there is something in psychology, believe it or not, called the Ikea effect. And it comes from the fact that when you pop off to Ikea and you buy yourself the flat pack furniture, and then you get it out at home, and you've got a million pieces, and you've also got thousands of nuts and bolts and screws, and obviously the Allen keys, brilliant Allen keys. And when you put it together using those really odd instructions, then you you start to feel a bit of a pride for the thing that you make. You get a little bit attached to it, and you can even become a little bit emotionally attached. So if you think about when you declutter or you have a bit of a rid out and you think about that little table that you made or something else and maybe it was just one of the little cheap things from the warehouse, but you know, you made it, you put it together, it's yours and it took you hours to figure it out and you did it and you don't want to throw it away. So... The IKEA effect is when we kind of tend to overvalue something just because we've had such an input into it. We place a really high value on it. I saw a study from Harvard University and they called the IKEA effect when labour leads to love. And I thought that was great. And it, it is this kind of thing where we start to have this massive cognitive bias for something that just because we built it we think is fantastic and when they've done psychological studies on things like this you know then they have built something that was flat packed and they've compared their attempt with an expert's attempt a lot of people can't recognize the difference They can't see that the experts maybe is a little bit more square, a little bit more level, a little bit better looking, a little bit more functional. And we we tend to do this a lot. We tend to feel a bit bonded to this thing that we've made. And it's similar to when you have, you know, a cake mix and and you've not made the cake from scratch. You've perhaps added some milk or egg white or something and you've mixed it in and you've made this cake and it's yours, it's your cake. Or you get these deliveries to your home with the meals and you get all the ingredients and it's pre-measured and you mix it all together and you make a certain meal. And again, it, it feels homemade. And to a large extent, these things are made by you. You have had an input. But getting quite emotionally bonded is perhaps a little bit of where we start to put pressure on ourselves. So many of the studies have shown that this is great. There's nothing wrong with the IKEA effect. 
if what you build is a success. And in that case, you do feel more in control of things. And humans like to have control. And it just gives us a feeling of control being able to do this. And you can see that by the end, you've built something that you're really proud of. And all that hard work is justified. And it gives us masses of satisfaction. And also, you get that feeling of connection. Even if it is to a piece of furniture, you feel a bit connected to it, which can increase your enjoyment of using it and even motivate you to build more or buy more or make it a real display feature in your lounge. You take real ownership of the results. And that's really great. But I want to think about when we step over that threshold when perhaps things aren't going right all the time, when we're not seeing success or the success that we would like to see. And I want to talk more about when we start to have that connection. And this time I'm talking about horses. And you've got this connection because you've started a journey together and you've started to school or train the horse You've started to get to know the horse. You feel like this partnership is something that you've invested a lot of time, money, effort into. And that you are really putting your all into it. You're finding time in the day when perhaps there wasn't time. And you're really, really trying to get somewhere with your horse. And we have that same Ikea effect we place a really high value on this relationship. And whether it's we want to go and do competitions or whether we just want to get a horse schooled or backed or we want to have a certain level in our competence, it doesn't really matter. If we step over the threshold, it starts to become a bit of a pressure because we are so emotionally attached to this, just like our IKEA piece of furniture. So when everything's going well, it's great. You feel the control, you have that satisfaction, you have the connection, and you can take ownership. But when things unravel a little bit, then what can we do? And so I want to think about the thinking we do, those internal dialogues, those chimp chatters that we have. Many people use the analogy of the the mind being a bit like a computer and when you think about a computer and you've got your operating system and then you've got obviously loads of apps installed, you've got lots of software and When you think about what our software and our hardware is, so our hardware is is the brain and the nervous system, and the apps are kind of like our beliefs and our values, our preferences, our memories, how we package what we think of as interpretation of words, our attitudes, all of those things are different apps. And these start to build up our personality. 
And as we run our apps, it makes life so much easier because they're automatic. And as humans, we find those automatic ways of doing things so much easier rather than having to think about everything that you ever do. But when you don't feel so good, when you feel under pressure, when you're putting yourself under pressure, then it could be that the apps aren't quite running the programs that we would like. They've got a bit out of alignment. We need a bit of an update. Some of the bugs need fixing. And so in that state, it starts to be that misalignment that causes us to overthink and overanalyze. So let's think about that thinking, that negative thinking, those intrusive thoughts that pile on the pressure. What if we thought of thinking as like a stream of computer codes? And we thought of it like whirring through our brains and we thought about them as just algorithms. And maybe it's like an algorithm is just being sent to the brain or a set of code is being sent to the brain just so the brain can kind of touch base with it. Oh, is that a good idea? Or is this completely useless? So it's, it's almost like a sample but it doesn't really mean anything else. It's not real in itself. What if it was just being tested to see if it was correct for us? And so thinking is more like an exploration. That chatter, that inner critic, that self-talk is your mind exploring different options, different ideas, but they're not true. They haven't been encoded into your main apps yet. Those ideas are simply that. They're just ideas. They're about as real as Will-o'-the-Wisp. They're ephemeral. They're not real. So let's just imagine that now. And thinking, I know, it does seem like a real thing. And it does seem like it's objective. But what if you considered just for a moment that all thoughts, positive or negative, are inadmissible streams of code? And can you imagine that all the worries, all the anxiety, all the thoughts, all the critiques that you have of yourself is just a system kind of exploring possible coding and these codes that they're sending that seem a bit negative or a lot negative are of actually no real use. What would you do? What would you do if you had this torrent of code coming into your computer and it was largely useless? It was unwanted you just switch it off, wouldn't you? you just switch the brain off. Switch off the hardware and you might switch it back on again just to see if you've got rid of it. And sometimes that would be all that it took. And you know, people can switch off personal thinking and they do have that ability to see their thinking as this 
list of trial codes and algorithm. And those people can really open up the headspace because they ignore those thoughts. Whether they're good or bad, they ignore them. And this gives way to things like insight and sparks of new ideas and creativity. So if you are putting pressure on yourself, that's what you really need, don't you? You might need another way of doing something. But if you're paying attention to all this code that's just whirring in with no real use whatsoever, then you're missing out. And maybe, you know, it's, it's strange, but you could also say to yourself, these are only thoughts. Just my mind kind of spewing out useless coding and I've just been able to put them into words and it's actually really negative and I don't want that. These are only thoughts. Thoughts aren't real. And if I clear the thoughts for five minutes, ten minutes, maybe I could allow my mind to really think properly. I could pave the way for that insight, that intuitive thought, that spark of an idea of doing something differently. And it's when we're in that hyperactive thinking mode that we exhaust the system. It's a bit like going to your computer keyboard and, you know, something's not working. So you press shift and command and maybe delete and that didn't work, so you press a few function buttons and you keep going, you're just madly stabbing away at the computer keyboard and you're just trying to see if something works. But when we do something more practical, like we just stop that thinking just for a few moments, we can just take a break, just have a cup of tea, then we gain access to the part of the mind that can deliver us with answers and solutions. And actually, that is a far more natural state for a human mind to be in. That is more to do with the real us. And when we have less of that influx, of that useless stream of code, that useless train of thought, then we're even more open to feeling focused, in control, reflective without being overly critical. And we feel good about things, we feel positive. We start to be the real us. So we can release the pressure that's made by all of these thoughts and allow the real us and the real thoughts and the deeper insights to come right through. So why not just take a few moments just to look at nature, stare at a horizon, watch your horse in the field, watch them eating grass, 
have a cup of tea, go for a little walk, put all your favourite songs on in the car and turn the sound up really loud, open the windows and feel the wind in your hair. Anything at all that gives you that complete stop from those streams of useless code. Take care and I'll see you again very soon.